Welcome, welcome everyone to Local Living, community podcast for Palm Beach to Parkland. I'm David Conway, your host for today's episode. We have something a little different, really cool guest. She's a local resident. Her name is Sarah Boyd. She is the CEO of the Digital Department, which is an influencer marketing agency. She's also a mom. She's a wife. And let's just throw in a fashion and beauty contributor to Forbes magazine. Sarah Boyd, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So why don't you start out? Could you tell us a little bit more about what the digital department is and what you do? Absolutely. Yes. So the digital department, um, it's an influencer marketing agency, full 360. So essentially, you can come to us with any influencer marketing needs. We have uh, three divisions of the company. One is talent management. So we manage about 200 plus influencers all across the country from you know traditional content creators and fashion, beauty, lifestyle to celebrities um, and everything in between. So that's the, the main piece of our business. We also have a brand division where we work with brands and create their strategy for influencer marketing. And then we have an events and experiential division where we plan um, anything from a small influencer dinner to a 700 person conference. So um, all things uh, experiential and uh, events. And we do mailers, we do gifting to influencers, um, essentially your one-stop shop for, for anything influencer marketing. So I'm a little old school, and it seems that there are a lot of self-proclaimed influencers out there. I know my kids, that's what they want to do when they're older. They just want to be influencers at this part. But from your vantage point, what actually qualifies someone as an influencer, someone that you can use to market your brands that you're working with effectively? Yes, I know. My eight-year-old wants to be a YouTuber as well. I think they say 85% of kids nowadays want to be an influencer, which is yeah. exciting, but also kind of sad. <laughs> Comforting. Very comfortable. Thank you for, for, uh, <laughs> for validating my fears. I appreciate yes. that. Um, so, I mean, influencers can be as small as someone with a few thousand followers. They're called like nano, micro influencers, um, all the way up to multi-millions. But you know, I've been in this industry for 12 plus years since they were called bloggers and Instagram didn't even exist. Um, and what I've seen over the last, I would say, five years is, you know, people used to just look at the big number like, oh, they have a million followers. But now the brands and we look at, you know, how much are they actually influencing, which means how many people are engaging with their content, how many people are purchasing what they recommend or going to that restaurant that they talked about. Um, like, what is that engagement rate as opposed to that vanity big number of followers? Because we've seen so many talent that we have that have, you know, they might have a million followers, but no one's purchasing um, what they talk about. And then we could have someone with 50,000 followers that drives, you know, hundreds of sales. So it really depends on engagement and how much they're actually purchasing or influencing that purchasing decision. So I know it's not an exact science, but when you say there may be someone with a million followers, and I know you just threw that number out there, but that's not getting the level of engagement or actual purchases, 
what could possibly be the reasoning behind that? Is it the demographic that's following them or what would you uh, attribute that to? Yeah, we, we have strategy sessions all the time with our talent to understand their audience. So someone with a million followers, they may not be engaging with their audience in the way that they should be. So being authentic, opening up the door to their real life, um, showing, you know, what they're eating for breakfast and what skincare they're using and, you know, what their kids are playing with, you know, all of those things really create that one-to-one um, relationship with their followers. So that's really what we teach our talent is to truly be authentic, open up your life, share um, little pieces of it that, you know, why are people there to follow you? It's not to just, you know, look at beautiful images anymore. It's really to understand the person behind the Instagram and and what makes you tick and what you're buying and what you're loving in life and really build that trust with your audience. And when a creator does that, that's when we see, you know, the increased engagement is like really building that one-on-one relationship. So sharing what you had for breakfast is actually a good thing if you're an influencer. It is. Yeah. You have to show your whole (laughs) life. So people, I mean, it's crazy. Some of these followers, like followers of our creators know Mm -hmm. them almost better than they know themselves. They're like, wait, you wouldn't use that product. Why are you talking about it? You know? So it it also goes hand in hands with the ads that we book for them. You know, that's, that's our job is, you know, we get them the paid brand partnerships. And um, if, you know, a lot of our top creators say no more than they say yes to brands because it's not truly something that they use every day and would talk about on their social. So that's another reason they become really great influencers is they're particular in in what they um, put their name on. And they build, again, that trust with the audience. So the audience and fans know if they're talking about this product, they love it and it's a fantastic product and I trust them and I will buy it as opposed to someone that's just posting, you know, a new brand every single day that doesn't align with who they are as a person. Oh, that makes sense. So you obviously have a super cool job for many young men and women. I'm sure it's a dream job, but Sarah, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Um, where you're from? How did you get into the industry? Yeah, I grew up in Pennsylvania, York, Pennsylvania. I uh, went to school in Philly um, for actually fashion merchandising. I thought I wanted to be a fashion buyer. Uh, about a year into it, I was like, no, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> Too many numbers. Um, so then I moved to LA um, in 2004 and um, worked in fashion PR for about 10 years. Um, really took advantage of building my network in Los Angeles. I was going to probably four events a night. I was networking every single day, just building my Rolodex for those that know what a Rolodex is nowadays. I do. I do. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but really just building my relationships and my network um, for 10 years. And uh, I, I left that job and I started my own company called Simply, which is a fashion and beauty conference and started building that. We had tens of thousands of attendees at these conferences because there was nothing like it at the time. And it was a a place for people to come in the fashion and beauty industry to really network, um, meet like-minded women, um, understand who these new brands are that wanted to engage in, you know, fashion and beauty. And then I'd have these amazing panels with stylists and, and bloggers at the time and editors and all of these really cool people that had these jobs that you couldn't go to school to be. You kind of had to know someone. 
So I created that know someone platform where you could come and actually meet these people. And were these conferences just in LA or did you do them all over? How did that work? No. Well, it started in LA. We expanded to New York, LA, Chicago. We did Dubai three times. Um, So yeah, it, it, it was definitely a need in the marketplace. And as I was building that business, um, a lot of the celebrities that I knew from my PR days started coming to me and asking if I could help monetize their social platform. And this was, again, before, I think that this is like right when Instagram started. Mm-hmm. And it was an untapped market because no one was really paying attention to monetizing social media. So I started working with probably 15 or 20 celebrities. And then that business got acquired um, by the company where I'm at now. Um, it's been acquired a few times since, but um, that was in 2011. Um, and yeah, here we are, you know, 2024. And uh, we've morphed and grown into the digital department, which um, we're a team of about 55 between LA, New York, um, Miami and Nashville, and we're owned by Dolphin Entertainment, which is a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. So there's been a lot of growth since the early days of me being scrappy and starting my conference with, you know, two people working for me to now having a big team and publicly traded on the stock market. <laughs> what an amazing run. So regarding your business, there's got to be a lot of myths and misconceptions people have about what you do or how it works? Is there one or or two that that you hear a lot that people just come in as making an assumption, but they're way off base? Yeah, they they all think being an influencer is easy because the good influencers make it look really easy, but it is work. Think about it. You're you're a model. You're uh you know hair and makeup. You're styling. You're the producer. You're the director. You're the social media content creator. You're you're doing like 15 jobs in one and a business owner. It's truly a business, just, you know, organizing your life and your calendar and your partnerships and your organic posts. And I mean, it is a full, full, full time job and it's not easy. Um, and there, and it's crowded now, you know, when I started, there was maybe 20 influencers in LA and now there's thousands across the world. So from LA to Del Rey, what brought you over here? Uh, so it was COVID. And uh, so I have two stepsons um, and their mom lived in LA or still okay. does. Uh, so we wanted to wait for them to get a little bit older. Um, mm-hmm. So they were 16 and 19 when we moved um, and it was COVID. So both of our jobs went remote pretty immediately. So my husband and I always had the long-term goal to come to Florida, but uh, it kind of fast-tracked with COVID. And within a few months, we sold everything and moved to Delray Beach with our now eight-year-old daughter, Ava. And it has been the best move we've ever had. I mean, it has been incredible. Everyone's like, do you miss LA? (laughs) And honestly, yes, I miss some of my family and and you know, a a few things, but honestly, we absolutely love it here. The, the ease of life, there's no traffic. There's, I mean, just every single thing about it here, we, we couldn't be happier. And we're on our third year now. So a lot of my neighbors um, made the move during COVID. I I live in Parkland Mm -hmm. and did you buy your house sight unseen or, or did you come out here and, and try to pick a spot first? How did that work? 
Yeah. So I know it was insane when we were moving here. So we did put an offer on a house sight unseen just on, you know, Redfin. And we flew out and we went to look at a bunch of other homes and that was it. That was the last house that we saw. And then our real estate agent was like, let's go look at this one other house. So we went across the street. Um, we're in seven bridges. So we we saw this house. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, this is it. We have to get out of the other house. This is our home. You had your moment. I had the the full moment and um, we got out of the other offer and ended up getting this house. And I, I love the neighborhood. I love our neighbors. I love the events that they do, the golf cart life. It's, it's incredible. So we're, we're very happy here. You've obviously had an incredible run. You're a dynamo, but was there a time in your life where maybe you had a challenge or two that you overcame that maybe even could benefit you now? I mean, every day I feel like I have <laughs> some sort of challenge. Funny how um, that works, right? Yeah. I mean, we've it, all got our story, don't we? Yes. Um, I mean, personally, I, I think moving and leaving the boys before they finished high school or the one finished high school, that was really hard, especially for my husband. Um, but the blessing of COVID was they were, and they were in California, so they had no school. So we were able to fly them, you know, back and forth. And we actually mm -hmm. got, you know, almost six months out of the year with them with COVID. They would just do school from, mm -hmm. from our house here. So that was, that was tough leaving, leaving the kids. But now one of them's off to college. The other one's finishing college. So they've spread their wings and, you know, they, they absolutely love it here too. So they, they kind of get the best of both worlds. They get to live in California and Florida. So I think that was a, that was really tough for us as a family. And also, you know, their little sister, they used to see each other every day. So we kind of had to break up a family. Um, but luckily it was only for a couple of years and we were able to kind of go back and forth and, and see them quite a bit. And it's only geographic, right? We're mm -hmm. still a family. We're still together. And yes, and a lot of the things that maybe throw me off as far as modern technology, they help to keep us together, though, don't don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. We make sure we do family trips every year and feel like we get more quality time with them as opposed to just, you know, popping in and out for an hour or two here or there. And they're off with their friends most of the time here. They don't have friends. So we've got them all to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So you love Del Rey. What do you like to do for fun? Oh, well, I love um, my workout I do every day. I do nine round boxing on Yamato. The okay, owner. shout out to nine round boxing. Oh, we love them. Josh is the owner. He's the sweetest and just, it's a fun workout. It's 30 minutes in and out. You don't need an appointment. You pay a fee and, and you can go two times a day if you want. So that's my, that's my morning meditation that I love. Um, what else do I do for fun? I love going out to eat. So my daughter is in competitive gymnastics. So every Friday, my husband and I have from 5 to 8 p.m. to do date night. So every Friday, we try a new restaurant. Um, so we're, we're checking off the list slowly, but surely. I've been, we've been to quite a few <laughs> at this point. And, you know, Delray keeps growing. So there's always new restaurants to try. And same with Boca. So it's it's been fun. We love just eating out, getting to travel locally, to the, whether it's the Keys or Sanibel Island or the Bahamas. Everything's so close and uh, just love getting to explore a new place. So I know you don't technically consider yourself an influencer, but I know you have an Instagram presence yourself 
how could someone follow you if they wanted to find you on Instagram? Uh, yeah, it's just Sarah P. Boyd, S-A-R-A-H-P-B-O-Y-D. Um, yeah, I post a lot about local Delray, you know, things that we're doing, a lot about my daughter. So be prepared to see lots of eight-year-old <laughs> gymnastics content and sometimes some fun fashion and beauty stuff. And if I'm a local business owner that has never really used influencer marketing but might want to stick my toe in the water, how could they reach out to you and learn more about the digital department? Yeah. So the digital department, um, the website is the digital D-E-P-T, um, dot com, or you can just DM me on Instagram and I can send you an email and get you pointed in the right direction. Sarah, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. That was Sarah Boyd, local resident here in Delray Beach. I'm David Conway, your host of Local Living. And we look forward to having you next time. Mm-hmm.